Hi Bex, it's really lovely to see you it's today. It's lovely to see you and we're super excited because we're joined by Karen Nemeth who's an author, presenter and advocate and also has the languagecastle.com website with oodles of resources which we'll talk about uh, throughout the podcast. But uh, thank you so much Karen for joining us today, especially as you're overseas in America. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to have a chance to talk with you because you capture the the title of your podcast, Thriving Language, captures the heart of, of what's the most fascinating to me about young children and early learning. So I think we're going to have a wonderful conversation. <laughs> oh, amazing. We're so excited we are. to be joined by you. We Thank really you. are. And if, if you don't mind, can you tell us a bit about your work at Language Castle? So the motivation behind it and what are your visions and your hopes going forward? Well, you know, my mother was a nursery school teacher her whole career. And so I grew up in... Um, you know, outdoor uh, play and nature play. And uh, we made our own Play-Doh at home. And, you know, she was all about process over product and mm. all these things that we talk about today. Mm. That comes from my childhood. So what, when I, you know, grew up with that experience, I was always fascinated with, you know, how the ways we play with children and talk to children, help them think. And uh, But when I went to university, I didn't want to study education. I studied psychology and learning cognition and development was the title of my graduate degree. And uh, my specialty was the study of first and second language development. And after university, I worked in nursery school. I worked in community organizations that supported child cares in nursery schools. Where, and, uh, I worked for state government office in New Jersey that uh, supported uh, all the different early years environments. And I got to work with children and also to see all the kinds of uh, settings where children were learning. And my background in first and second language development was really sparked during that time, seeing all the different things and didn't work mm. with those children. And, and for years, there were no resources for the preschool years about teaching children who were new to a language, children who were new to English. And um, teachers used to ask me about that. And, uh, but there was one point where I was, as a, a state evaluator, I was visiting a program that I had never seen before. And a little boy, uh, must have been three and a half, came up to me with his little lip quivering. And he'd never seen me before in his life. But he pulled on my trouser leg and he said, Miss, Miss you bring me my mommy oh. and he started to cry oh. well oh my goodness in that moment it became so clear to me how it feels to mm. be a child that's away from home for the first time mm. and doesn't understand the language that's being spoken and no one really understands him and and I just thought this can't be. We have to make sure that every one of these children that comes with uh, to a place with a new language feels more safe, more welcomed, more nurtured, and not not less. That is such a, that is such a good point, Karen. It's really it's really crucial, isn't it, that we're we're looking at the child's demeanour and understanding them, and and like you say, that they feel part of that. Do you think that Do you think that came from your 
process your your sort of family process as well where you like you said you were allowed to actually have the time to process rather than the end product I do think it was both of those things I think it was growing up with that sort of intuitive connection to the natural way of learning and then learning about the science that backs it up and putting yeah. those two things together that's yeah. not everybody gets those two kinds of experiences yeah, so absolutely. and it's really inter- think, oh sorry go on karen i think a little bit of heartbreak is a good motivator to put those things yes. together yeah. right to be yes. more sensitive and it's, it's as a speech and language therapist it's a question and it's a topic that i i'm asked about oh, at least once a week i would say and it's it's an area that I don't feel particularly confident about when I'm working with settings and nurseries and they're asking me for advice about supporting children where they are, they are learning multiple languages. And I mean, can you, it, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could talk to us for weeks about this subject, but from your experience and, and your research and your knowledge, what do educators and, and early years practitioners need to think about? What do they need to consider when working with children who are learning multiple languages? Well, uh, you're right. I, I, I could use a week. So, so, <laughs> so I encourage people to, you know, to take a look at other resources and let, you know, they'll find links to my resources and other people's resources on my website. Mm. But some um, the, the top of the line messages are the research very clearly shows that even with uh, language delays or language disabilities, children thrive when they continue to learn in their in all of their languages mm-hmm. and um, they need their home language to continue to communicate and, and uh, have those relationships with their family but that home language also helps them stay connected with all the things they've learned at home and boy don't children learn so much at home yeah. before they come to a setting that we can connect with by connecting with their home language as well as English. So that that is one key component that we should never let go of the child's home language. We, yeah. The research is showing more and more, even this year, new studies are coming out to say how important it is to support and continue the home language along with English. Um, another thing is um, to, to really think about the way we support children, both in nonverbal communication and English and in the home language in ways that help them feel included, feel that sense of belonging mm-hmm. and building that relationship with them intentionally, but with more focus to not to assume that they, that if we're nice to them, they'll feel included, but to really think, well, what is that child mm-hmm. showing me about their experience here and how can I take another step to really make this particular child feel included when language isn't enough to to connect with them. Oh, so those, so I'll talk to you about some practical examples mm. in a minute but yeah that, that, that I, is I, so I, interesting. It is yeah. and you're right and it's it's sometimes isn't it it's taking that time to really to observe and to observe that child and to really understand what drives them, what are their interests, what are their patterns of play, how are they expressing themselves and getting their needs met potentially without words. So it's, it's really, yeah, it's, like you say, it's don't assume anything. It's really take that time to understand the children that, that are with you, know, with you in your setting. Um, can you can you you mentioned then some practical ideas? Can you can you share that? So how can practitioners in our envi- in earliest environments? How can they enhance these experiences for children who are learning multiple languages? 
Well, you know, uh, one of the uh, quotes that I like to say, and I, I often like to quote my own self, <laughs> because, you know, somebody's got to quote me. It might be is uh, a child's interests reveal their prior learning. So when we do this action, oh, you talk about it in your book also about following a child's lead. It's not only, well, I shouldn't say it that way. I'll say it has two functions. When you follow a child's lead, first of all, you are communicating to them that you have a special interest in their what they're playing, what they're learning, what they're struggling with, what they're achieving, right? You are showing them how important they are when you follow the child's lead. So there's that sort of social emotional mm. connection that helps their language. At the same time, you are learning when by following the child's lead, you are seeing, oh, if they're interested in playing with blocks, for example, then that's probably something they have prior experience with. And that means they probably have words for that in their home language or, uh, you know, receptive language mm -hmm. that you can use to start their learning. You start from the familiar and then build to the to the new information. So when you follow the child's lead, you're making them feel connected, but you're also learning how you can um, build activities and materials that will help them learn by starting with things they show you that they're familiar with or they're interested in. Yeah, that's so, that's, that's so a, key. Yeah. yeah, that's so key. You've just key. explained it in such <laughs> a simple way, Karen, but I'm like, like, you know, you have those yeah. moments where you're like, oh my gosh, obvious. it's so obvious when you say it so simply, but it's key, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's amazing. Key. Yeah, yeah. And, and following the children's lead and yeah. their interests. It's like, um, it's almost like their language to us, isn't it? It's like, they're showing us, it's that key, like what, what they're playing with is how they show us what yeah. they're thinking isn't it really but yeah and then like you say you build on that and you can work with them but yeah it's lovely I love the way you you put that Karen that's really helpful no absolutely and Karen you mentioned your website what sorts of information and resources is, is on the website for people to go and explore well I I uh, create a lot of blog posts so wherever I am um, interacting with people they ask questions and that gives me an idea oh this is something that teachers in the field will need and I, I'll write a blog post where I'll pull in some of the research so you'll see a, a bunch of different topics on there and I have a newsletter so one one of the um, one of the things that is highly uh, recommended based on the newest research is um, to, to that children need to engage in conversations and young children learn by actively using language more than just hearing it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so when we want children to move forward, teachers need to take a break from talking and really support children in engaging in two-way conversations with peers, with teachers, and at home. And it's important that sometimes that happens in their home language. Mm -hmm. So you might ask them a question like, ¿Qué es esto? What is this? And they may answer you in paragraphs in, their, in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And you may not understand what they're saying, but they are practicing their own oral language and that's helping them think and learn. And so you'll see articles in my website that show you how to do that when you're supporting maths learning or how to do that when um, using a storybook in practical terms that teachers can use in classrooms. 
That's amazing. That's... And and can you share with us what's where's the web, what's the website? It's um it's languagecastle.com. Amazing. So people can find you there. Karen, we could talk to you all day. It's such <laughs> a fascinating subject, but we will we'll have to finish there for today. But I'm sure there could be further further discussions yeah, in the we future. Can do, <laughs> we can do podcasts two, three, four, and five. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, thank you so much, Karen. And are you on social media as well, or is the website the best place for people to find you? Well, I, uh, I, um, mostly I can be found on Facebook at mm -hmm. Karen Nemeth at languagecastle.com. That's my Facebook group. Um, I also, um, ha I'm on Twitter as, uh, well, now it's called X. Yeah. Uh, um, that's at Karen Nemeth EDM. So that's my degree. And then, uh, and also on LinkedIn, I can be found and, um, and, and I really invite people to enter the conversation and remember that being bilingual is a superpower. Oh, and the more yeah. we support both of or all of children's languages, the more they thrive and, and progress and teach us so much. Absolutely. Oh, perfect. That is a perfect put. way to finish. Yeah. We love that. It totally is a superpower. And what clever young people there are. Yeah, That's amazing. And yeah, thank you so much, Karen, um, for joining us. That's lovely. And, and as always, you can find us at thrivinglanguage.co.uk. You can find our publications on Routledge. Um, we work one-to-one -one with children, in groups with children, and we bring training to your settings as well. So thank you for joining us today. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.